We are so grateful that we're able to come and join um, together, Lord, to worship you, to praise you, to put you in the center of our lives today, Lord. We pray as a, as a church, we pray as a family, Lord, and we ask you to speak into our hearts today, Lord. Help us prepare our hearts for your coming. Help us prepare our hearts for this time to remember, Lord, that one day you send your, your son as a gift to us, as the greatest gift we will ever receive, Lord. Thank you for, for him coming as a, as a child, as a human, and also for him dying on that cross that made a big difference to us and is making a difference to many now, Lord. Now help us hear what you have to say to us, Lord, and, and help us, Holy Spirit, to, to listen and to hear what you command us today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So my husband's saying I'm, I'm going to be preaching on a Beatles song because I titled it, All You Need Is Love. But I meant it because all you need is Jesus. Love is Jesus. Jesus is love. And that's all we need. I think when we have the revelation, when we really understand what he, what he represents, then a lot of things really change in our lives. And... And as I was uh, preparing the message, I was uh, being reminded that this year has been a year of suddenness. I think if you, if you look back in your life, because we're almost at the end of, of the year now. Um, if you look back in, in your life this year, you will see that suddenly things have happened in different ways. I think even us moving into Chelsea Church was a suddenly because you know, I think I've been, I've been a member or I've been attending City Temple for the past five years. <laughs> um, and uh, coming up to five years. And um, I remember when, you know, when we heard, oh, it's coming, you know, the, 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 uh, the remodeling is coming. We, we signed the papers, it's happening. And then, no, it's not. So they've, they've changed the date. And then again, it's happening and everyone's excited. And then after all, oh, actually, no. Uh, they've said they, they're going to delay. And it was like that for a while. And then when this last time happened, I was thinking, okay, let's just wait now because we can't get really excited. <laughs> Things might change again. And then suddenly it really did happen. And, and it's been like that, you know, a lot of suddenly happening in our lives. But even in the suddenly or even in the delays, God has been doing what he wants to do in our lives and in his church. And so that's the important thing. And on this fourth week of Advent, I just really want us to, to prepare our hearts for Christmas because, you know, Christmas, it's such a, it's, it's, been, it's become this big um, celebration, not of the real meaning of Christmas, but of gifts and pressure on buying things and food and decoration and, you know, a lot of other things that really has nothing really to do with Christmas because we can have a lovely Christmas without gifts and without trees and without decoration, as long as we have each other's company. And, uh, and that really is the importance of Christmas. And sometimes we, we, we get into, we make Christmas all about us and not about him. And that's, I think, the big difference that we need to kind of constantly remember because I think there is a tendency in us that we do want to give things because that's also from our father. Our father likes to give things. You know, he, he is the one that's given us the greatest gift. So there's nothing wrong with giving. But I think the problem is the pressure that they put that you have to give certain things, things, that you have to give things. And I think for God, it's not about things. 
is about kind of um, what that gift represents. And so I just like to suggest some gifts that might not be, that might not cost you in terms of finance, but it will cost you in terms of what it actually means. Because I think, you know, it may be easier for me to buy, I don't know, a tie or a shirt, you know, I, I don't have to make it, I don't have to yeah, just go and pay money and get, you know, or whatever. But um, I think it might actually cost me more that I know I've done wrong, that I know I've, I've did or say some things that I need to go to the person and ask them to forgive me, because that means I have to humble myself, because that means I have to take the first step, and I've taken many steps before, and again I have to go back to the person, and again I have to do it. And I think that's maybe, I would think that's more of a sacrifice than actually buying a gift, because the gift might be easier. But actually doing something, you know, um, kind of uh, coming and to someone and ask them to forgive me for something I've done wrong, I think that's more, that really means a lot more, maybe to the other person and even to me, because I probably don't want to do it. <laughs> but, you know, these are gifts that I think maybe make, make, make a bigger difference than an actual a thing that you might give someone. For, for example, um, seeking a forgotten friend, or writing a long love or gratitude note to someone. I think sometimes we forget, you know, the, the amount of things that people do for us, and we just really take it for granted. But it's so nice, um, I, was in, um, I was with someone the other time, uh, just talking to this person, and um, as I was there, she got a call from her daughter. And her daughter, was a bit drunk, so I guess out of that feeling, she just spoke to her mom, and the mom actually put it on speakerphone, because I think that's just how she receives the calls. Anyway, I was about to leave the room, and she said, no, no, stay, stay. And the daughter just kept on saying, mom, I just really want to say I'm so grateful for everything you've done for me. Mom, thank you, I love you so much. I really want you to know I love you so much, and you are the best thing that's ever happened to me. Now, this mom adopted this daughter, so it's, it's a, an adopted daughter, but obviously she loves her as, as her own daughter. And um, I think that call meant a lot to her as a mom, and it meant a lot to her that I heard those words as well, because she actually, at the end of the call, she said, you know, it was so good that you were here, and you heard everything my daughter told me. And you know, those things unexpected, you know, I know my mom loves me, and my mom probably knows that I love her, but I, I think, maybe making the time to actually say, looking at them in the eye and actually telling, you know, mom, I love you so much. You know how much I love you, I'm so, how grateful I am for everything you've done for me. That means probably a lot more than just, you know, getting them a gift. Maybe forgiving an enemy, be gentle and patient with an angry person. Now that takes self-control. That's not an easy thing. If someone is coming at you and screaming and shouting at you, and for you to be calm, and be gentle with that person. That takes self-control. So it's not an easy thing to, to give someone, to keep a promise, to make a child happy. That doesn't really take much. I think Feli makes the children happy every Sunday at the end of the service. <laughs> so that, that, you know, but if, if you do it consciously, it's a good thing. Um, listening, listening to someone, actually listening to someone. Because sometimes we really don't listen to people. You know, it's, that's, a, that's an important one. Speaking kindly to a stranger, smiling, 
laughing a little, taking a walk with a friend, apologize, well, I already said that one. Maybe turning the, the TV and talking to someone. And I would even say, you know, putting your phone down and talking to someone. Because sometimes our phone is like in front of us even as we're talking to someone, just in case I get a message or in case I get a text or in case I get a, an email. And I think, you know, technology, it's come at a point where we really have no boundaries or we really have no kind of a set of, you know, how you're supposed to talk. You know, when you, you grow up, uh, your parents teach you, you go into a room and, you, and they teach you, you have to say hello, say hello, greet people. You know, it's manners. But I don't think we have manners when it comes to technology because it's something so new that we've only just learning how should we, you know, um, use this new technology. And it's, it's difficult, it's a difficult one, but yeah, I think it is important when we're with other people, you know, really looking at them. For me, something that I learned as I grew up and, I, and I've always kept it and I like it, is when someone is talking, you look at them in the eye. I know we don't listen with our eyes. <laughs> we listen with our ears, so I could be looking at the ceiling and listening to you, but there is something special when we make eye contact with a person. It really feels like you are actually listening. Oh no, you might not be listening, you might be looking at me and just, you know, daydreaming. <laughs> but at least I think there is something, there is something special about looking at a person in the eye, you know, and it just makes you feel like, yeah, actually they are listening to me. Anyway, praying for someone. And anyway, there's, there's probably other things that we can, we can um, think of that really will mean something to someone or maybe just you know making a phone call you know sometimes people call you and it's because they want something <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with that okay there's nothing wrong with that because you know we're we've got busy lives but maybe let's just make a phone call this way not because we need anything but because maybe we just want to say you know i want to tell you how grateful i am for your life thank you because of whatever you know i think everyone really gives something to to us in, in different ways and just making a call just to say thank you for that will mean a lot to a person. Even if it's like a minute, you know? So anyway, going back, so all we need is love. Now, I'm gonna just share three points. One, first of all, love comes from God. First John chapter four, verse seven to eight says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever love, whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. There is, I think, a human trait, something that God has created within all of us to, to, with the capacity to give love and to receive love. All of us have that capacity. Obviously, depending on, on how you grow up, love is going to mean different things to you. According to, you know, to, to the, uh, to the word, love is defined as an emotion uh, and a combination of attraction and closeness. Love is an emotion. No, I, I feel in love. Do we even say, I feel in love? It's a feeling. Love is a feeling. But really, love is not a feeling. Love is a decision. You choose. You choose to love someone. It's not, yeah, sometimes it's, a, it's, it's good when the, when the decision comes with a feeling because it's easier. But we're going to look at some of the struggles of actually loving someone. <laughs> You know, because it's really, love is not easy. <laughs> love is really a decision. And I think when we understand that, we will be able to overcome many obstacles. You know, people, 
I, I, I hear too many people getting divorced or getting separated because I don't feel the same, you know, and, and that's the problem because we think love is a feeling and because I don't feel the same, I felt, I don't know, five or 10 years ago, then something's wrong, you know, I can't love you anymore. And love is not a feeling, love is a decision. We choose to love, we choose to be faithful, we choose to be with that person, you know, like God says, until death do us part. And, but with love also comes acceptance. Now, many times uh, our acceptance comes from what we do, who we are, and what we give. That's how we feel accepted. But when we understand, or when we, um, yeah, when we have the revelation, or we understand that these things, we, we, the, our acceptance comes from God, our acceptance comes from Jesus, then it changes from me to him. It's because of what he did, it's because of who he is, and it's because of what he gave. Then it's not longer on me, because I will make mistakes, and I will, I am not perfect, although I like to think I am, but I'm not. <laughs> but it's true, you know. Sometimes we, it's because of us, we think, because of, of who I am, I feel accepted. But, you know, our, our, um, our life has many changes in our life. And, uh, but when, when our acceptance comes from God, it's no longer for, you know, it, it, not, it does no longer depend on me and my circumstances. It now depends on him and everything he did for me. As Christians, how do we define love? Now, we know that love is not a feeling, love is a decision. And I think the best description of love, and it's quite a long one, is in Corinthians, in chapter 13. And it's a nice I mean, it's, it's, it's a very high standard definition of what love is, and it's, it's tough, because I don't think we all, well, I personally, I don't think I have it all worked out, because I think there are many times where I don't do what really love is supposed to do. So love is supposed to be patient, kind. Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant, it's not rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. I think it's, it's a big definition of what really love is. And we can, I think we can, we can go back to this over and over again, and I think we'll find ourselves, there are still things that I need to work to really know or to really give that love that God Expects of me. Now, how we give and how we receive love, there are different ways. Like I said, you know, it depends on how we've been brought up. And there are there are five languages of love. I don't know if you've heard of them, but that is that's mainly how humans express love to others. And it's words of affirmation, it's quality time, it's acts of service, it's through gifts and physical touch. And usually, you tend to give. Um, love in the way that you want to receive. So if, if I'm a person who likes, you know, words of affirmation, I will always be saying, oh, you're so wonderful, so amazing the way you did things. Oh, thank you so much, because, you know, that's how I feel I receive love. If I'm a person of acts of service, I'm going to be serving you, I'm going to be doing things for you. I might not say anything, but I'll be doing it because that's how I uh, perceive love. It may be quality time, just spending time with the person. So we all will give a physical touch. A lot of people are very touchy 
and, and sometimes other people are not. So it's very uncomfortable if someone comes and hugs you or you know, wants to physical touch and you don't want it. But it's, I think it's about learning how also you know, the person wants to receive and also how I receive. In family, it's important that we know, you know what are the languages of love that everybody needs so that you're able to speak the same language in, in that sense. The second thing uh, I want to share, which is the challenges for love, like I said. There are, many, there are some challenges for love. Now, Jesus tells us that we need to love our enemies. It's not an easy thing to love those who hate us. It's not an easy thing to love those who, who really wish the worst for us. And when you know that's what they want, <laughs> it's not easy. But Jesus says that we need to love our enemies and do good to those who hate us. And I find that as a problem, and I find that as a big challenge that keeps me on my toes. Because it's, I, don't, I don't think it's in our human nature to give the opposite of what they're giving you. You know, if someone is, is, is being rude to you, it's not in our nature to, to be kind to that person. If someone is being kind to you, it's in our nature to be kind back to them, right? And sometimes I feel like being, you know, taking the text from the Old Testament and an eye for a night. And then I have to be remembered that Jesus said, no, you, that's, not, that's not how you should do things now. And, and it's difficult to separate our feelings from our, um, our feelings and our emotions from our actions. Because, you know, we, we can't deny that people can hurt us. And it, it, it really hurts. You know, if someone is rude to you or if someone is, speaks harshly to you or if someone you know says horrible things to you you know you're you're especially if you're not one to fight it, it kind of keeps you it gives you a shock and you think i didn't expect that and you know obviously all of us react in different ways some of you might be able to kind of have a, come, a quick comeback some of you might go home and think about why did i why did, I should have done this. I should have said this. Why did I, why did I say that? Why did I, I let that person speak to me that way? I should have you know, reacted in a different way. You know, that's, that's all fine. The important thing is that we need, we need to remember that loving, it's a command that God has given us. We need, if we really have received God's love, and this is the one thing sometimes we forget. Sometimes we think, uh, we forget what God did for us, how he forgave us, what he forgave us of. And it could be, you know, that, that's the, something, sometimes that's the problem because we think, well, I really haven't done nothing much. Like it wasn't like a major sin that God forgave me. It was a little sin. It wasn't big like that person, you know, so we kind of measure like that. But that's, if you measure like that, you really haven't understand that you are a sinner. Because I remember when I had my encounter with God, you know, I remember that I used to be, I used to, I, you know, I, I grew up in church, but, and I, you know, I remember the pastor always saying, you know, if you, if you want to accept Jesus and ask him to forgive you of your sins and repent from your sins. And as I grew up, I thought, God, you know, I can't really go forward and, and ask you to forgive me for my sins because I haven't done anything wrong. I've been a really good person. I've been a good daughter. I've been a good person. I haven't done anything wrong. So it'd be pointless of me to say forgive me for my sins because I haven't done anything wrong. I haven't killed anyone. I haven't done 
I haven't done anything wrong. That's how I thought, because I didn't have an, an encounter with God for real. But the day I did have an encounter God for God, with God, it, it was as if he showed me, you know, all, all these things that love is supposed to be. I, I was not patient, I was not kind, I was arrogant, I was rude, I was envious. You know, all of the things that love is supposed to be, I was not. And when God showed me that, I cried and I said, God, please forgive me because I, I, I really need you. I really need you. And that really was when I had that encounter with God. And I think until you have that encounter with God and, and really understand and feel God's love in your life, you're not able to really love others. You're not able to forgive others because you think that what they've done is so much worse that really they don't deserve to be forgiven by you. Come on. If God forgave us, how can we not forgive them? That is, that, is a big, that is a big one that we really need to always be constantly reminded. Because there is nothing, absolutely nothing that someone has done for us or against us that we cannot forgive. Now, forgiveness, like again, doesn't mean that you have to be best friends with that person for the rest of your life. Because there's some things that you just have to move on. But Forgiveness is also a gift to you. When you forgive someone, it's also a gift to you. Because when you don't forgive someone, you are holding on to that grudge. You are holding on to that anger, to that resentment, to that person as well. Everything that person, that bothers you. Everything, if that person has something good happen in their life, it bothers you. And if something bad happens to that person, it pleases you. Now that's something wrong there. Because we just read that love does not rejoices on wrongdoing. Now, if I rejoice on someone's hurt because I don't like that person, there's something wrong with me, not with them. And I need to, be, to give myself also the gift to forgive so I don't have anything that, you know, whether that person has a good life or, or is not going so good, you know, I pray, actually, I should bless them and pray that things go right for them. That really is when you really understand that you you've really have that revelation of love. The third thing, the best expression of love, the best expression of God's love is Jesus. Is that Jesus came and he dwelt among us. Jesus didn't just come as a fully grown human being to just die on the cross and that's it. He came uh, as a helpless baby. And he could have been born in, in, in Caesar's palace. He could have been born in, in the most you know, uh, well-known Roman home, you know, in, in the best place, you know, back then to, to live. But he chose to be humble. He chose to have humble beginnings. He chose to, to, for us to be able to, to, for him to live our lives and for us to be able to, um, what's the word? To when he dwell among us and as he grew up, he, he, um, he was able to experience everything that we would have experienced as we grew up. He was rejected. He was betrayed. He, 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 he felt what fear felt, you know, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He didn't want to go through that, through the cross. He didn't want, to, he didn't, he didn't want that to happen. And he was struggling because he knew what it meant, not only physically, but also spiritually. And he knew what spiritually it was going to mean. But at the end of the day, he was also obedient. And he said, God, not my will, but your will be done. 
And, and in, all, in all of these things, we're able to see Jesus, Emmanuel, which means God with us. He was with us and he's still with us. We're able to, to um, you know, whenever we're struggling with something and we think nobody understands what I'm feeling, Jesus does. Because he, he walked in our shoes. He really did walk in our shoes. He really knew, you know, all of, all of the things that we feel he felt them too. And, the, and during this Advent time, it's, I think it's something important for us to remember that he came to experience our world and he came to laugh and he came to cry and he came to overcome temptation and he, he did it all of this so that we will be able to also do them as well with the power of the Holy Spirit. But not only did he do all of that, but he also died for us on the cross and that's also part of the Christmas story. Not only was this babe came and was born, but this babe also came to give his life for us. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. In Jesus' death, we have eternal life. In Jesus, because Jesus died and was resurrected again, we will also resurrect one day. You know, during this, this time, during this, this season, there was, there was, um, there, there is a time I think when we need to maybe pause and think, okay, Lord, um, I need to, if, if you haven't had one, I need to have a revelation of your love. I need, I need, I need, because you are love. And you are, the fa you are my father. I need to have that revelation of what real love is. Because our love, sometimes it's, you know, I give you if you give me. And it's, I think, very hard, you know, to actually be able to be selfless in that. It's very hard to be able to, to give the love that God gives without expecting anything in return. Like really, and I think if, if you're able to do that, uh, you know, it's amazing to be able to do things without expecting anything in return. That is the best, I think that's the best way to see, okay, God, I've got something of you at least. There's something in me of you. I'm able to, to give without expecting anything in return. It's a, it's, a, it's a hard one, it's a tricky one. But you know, God really wants us to, to be able to, to have that revelation of his love. To, because when we understand what really love, what love is, then I think maybe this Christmas time, our gift should not be one, you know, a thing that we give wrapped in paper and, you know, really nice. We, although it might be nice, like again, it might, it might be your love language. I'm not saying that gifts are wrong. It's fine. But maybe the best gift you can give someone, it's something, like I said at the beginning, maybe forgiving someone. Maybe, and then when you forgive someone, you don't go to the person and say, I want to forgive you because I don't think that'll be the gift they're expecting. Because <laughs> they might say, forgive me of what? I haven't done anything to you. That's something that you need to do in your heart. But when you go to someone and say, forgive me for what I did or for what I said, that is a nice gift to receive. Don't go to someone and say, I want to forgive you for what you did to me. That's something you need to do in your secret place with God. And that might be a very painful thing to do, but you have the Holy Spirit there to help you. But you know, you might be able to maybe make a phone call and show your gratitude to someone. 
you may be able to, to um, maybe write a letter to someone, you know, um, telling them what they mean to you. And remembering always that, you know, the greatest gift we have received came in Bethlehem through Jesus, you know, in, in, in a very difficult circumstance. I was sharing with you, you know, the other time. And today, as we read um, how the angels appear to, to the shepherds, it made me think, it says that the host of, of angels then appeared to them. And I, I, I don't know, I, I, would, I was just picturing, you know, one angel, because one angel appeared first, telling, you know, the shepherds, you know, that Jesus had been born in Bethlehem. And then it says that a, a host of angels appeared. And I just imagine, because it was dark, because, you know, the shepherds, and it's dark, that that sky lit up with, with loads of, I don't know, probably bright light of the other angels. Like, I don't know what an angel really looks like, but I imagine the, the whole sky you know, lit up with the host of angels singing Hosanna, singing hallelujah. You know, what an amazing thing that we're able to share in that, that we are able to share that greatest gift maybe to others. And I think that is our testimony as Christians, to share our love, to share kindness, to show gratitude. To, to really show what 1 Corinthians 13 says, what true love is. And I think, you know, as we come closer to Christmas, may that be the best gift we give someone, you know, uh, a word of encouragement, uh, words of affirmation, you know, um, words that will lift them up instead of hurting them or, or, or damaging them. You know, our words really are powerful. That's why our prayer is powerful, because it comes in words. So let us use this time as a family and as a church to raise up each other with words to give each other these special gifts that I think are more powerful than anything that we can receive. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let us pray and let us ask God to, to help us and, and show us and guide us what is it that we might need to give someone. Heavenly Father we are so grateful Lord that you speak to us through your word. Father is Sometimes it is difficult, Lord, to love our enemies. It's difficult to really stand in love and to walk in love, Lord. Fathers, sometimes it's hard, Lord, to be able to show love or gratitude to someone who, who we feel doesn't deserve it, Lord. But help us to put our feelings aside and help us to make the right decisions. Help us to choose to love, Lord. Help us to choose to um, guard our, our, the words that come out of our mouth, Lord. Help us to guard our hearts, Father. And help us, Lord, to be like you. Father, you are love. And because we are your children, and we are an extension of you, Lord, Father, we want to also be loving creatures to others. Help us to show love and affection. Help us, Father, in this time, to remember that you gave us the greatest gift in Jesus, Lord. And because you gave us freely, may we give to others freely as well, Lord. May we show compassion and kindness. May we show mercy. May we be your hands and feet here on the earth, Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Help us this week, Lord, to walk in love. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen.
squalor.